It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World, and welcome to our latest podcast. It is, as always, a pleasure to have you listening to us. I want to introduce you to today's special guest. James Riggs is the founder of the online-only e-commerce business, The Pajama Store, a business which scours the globe for the best nightwear brands, handpicking those they love for their tailoring, quality, design, and sumptuous fabrics. The Pajama Store was launched in 2010, selling purely men's pajamas. 18 months later, due to customer demand, they moved into ladies' pajamas, and with the recent addition of children's pajamas to the range, they are now stockists of 25 pajama brands. Hi, James. I've just given our listeners a very quick overview of you and your business and where you are right now. So take us back a bit. How did you get started in this world of e-commerce? Hi, Chloe, uh, and thank you for taking the time out to talk to me about thepajamastore.com. Essentially, uh, I, like so many people, I sort of fell into e-commerce. I think I was a young man when the whole dot-com era started, and it fascinated me. I thought it was an extraordinary event that was taking place across the the globe with Click Mango and LastMinute.com and all of those fun brands which seemed to be emerging and then their values were rocketing. I've been working in advertising and branding pretty much throughout my career. And as a result, I spent all my time working on brands and it was always on my mind that at some stage I wanted to own my own brand. About 2002, I did an e-course for a bit of fun and it, uh, it made me do a SWOT analysis on an idea that I had. And I wasn't actually sure that I was going to jump into e-commerce at all. I just was interested in it. And all that SWOT analysis told me was that the big idea that I had, I couldn't do uh, at the time in 2002. The internet was slow. Um, The number of people who were on the internet was something like 43 or 44% in London. So the reach wasn't great. But I knew that that had to change. It seemed you know, logical, didn't seem to me to be rocket science that e-commerce was going to eventually be very, very big. It was just a question of having the right idea. In the middle of that uh, course that I was doing, I had another opportunity and it put e-commerce on hold until, I suppose, six or seven years later uh, when I was deciding that the whole 16-hour day business of going into offices was just really not for me. And there (laughs) must be something else I can do. So were you a a frustrated e-commerce person for for six years, would you say? Possibly not, because I was very involved in the the branding business that I was working in. Um, I think I was always jealous, though, of people who (laughs) worked from home and had the freedom to operate on their own terms. And I think that's what e-commerce particularly gives to individuals now, the the opportunity to run a business for relatively small amounts of money without the issues around commuting, pleasing your boss, and doing all the things that really, if you've got some sort of an entrepreneurial mind or mindset, you need to get away from. 
It has to be said. I know exactly where you're coming from with those points. So, so that's how you got started in e-commerce, James. How's the pajama store right now? Well, we're in a very interesting phase at the moment. Um, we are switching platforms, which is the second stroke third time um, from EKM where we started through OpenCart and onto Magento. So we're very busy at the moment changing platforms, but it's it's the excitement around the change in in how we're going to be getting navigability and usability much simpler for customers, and we're trying to make it much more fun. I think I think what I where I get excited about ridiculously about pajamas because if you'd asked me ten years ago if I was going to run a pajama store, I would have I would have laughed you out of the room. Um, I, you know, I did. I really did fall into the whole idea. Right now, the pajama store. Where in the world are you? And you know, what's what's happening in the business right now? I'm based in Ballam, which is, of course, the gateway to the south, as Peter Sellers would say. And we are uh, selling pretty much all over the world. We probably have a ninety percent uh, UK coverage in terms of the sales, but we have sold to Australia. We have sold to Austria, to Germany, to Switzerland, to Belgium, to France. Uh, and we're trying to extend uh, the number of countries that we will ship to. And it's partly because uh, the value of the orders abroad is always about 50% higher. So it seems a logical step. Wow, yeah, 50% higher. That's definitely worth going after, isn't it? It is. Um, and... Uh, where we are with the brand, in addition, is although this was probably nine months ago, we have moved from a brand positioning, which it began quite serious. It began with the same sort of classic fashion advertising and branding, where it's all meant to be terribly sophisticated, and you know, women are look women in the, the photography are looking elegant and sexy. And it just felt wrong for pyjamas. You know, pyjamas are fun. They're cheeky. They're irreverent. And uh, we did uh, a branding exercise and we reconsidered where we should be. And so where we've moved from and to is from this terribly concerned about looking like a fashion brand to looking like a cheeky, irreverent, fun, not taking themselves too seriously brand. And it's making the job much more fun too. And with the emergence of, of video content into websites, that's just making the whole job even easier. We've got models talking to the camera now. Uh, this, you won't see this on the site now. This is happening at the moment. But it's, it's getting everybody who is involved from the models through to the photographer involved in in the shooting of video is showing new pyjamas. And I'm really excited that we're going to be doing some new children's uh, pyjamas and we'll be videoing the kids with their mums. Oh, wow. I think dynamic is going to make for just really good viewing. That's brilliant. And that's, that's all one of the reasons you're moving over to Magento then with this with the new platform. It is. I mean, I, I really want to clarify for, for your listeners particularly that when I first started, EKM was a fantastic platform to start with because 
you know, it was, I, I don't know if it is now, so <laughs> I have to check. But it's like, it was like 25 quid a month. And the cost of then the creative was on top of that for sure. But you, it, you could do quite a lot of it yourself. Uh, but at some stage I needed to move because I needed something bigger and stronger, as it were. And, and we went to OpenCart. And OpenCart, too, has been really good. It's very user-friendly. Um, but the scalability that Magento will offer uh, is the key reason to move to Magento. I think a lot of the major sites are on Magento. And my view is that there are more widgets, there are more available techniques, there's more ability to design within the platform exactly what you want to your own specs. Yeah, I think you make a, a really good point there, James, which is, you know, you have to find the right web provider at the right time. And when you're starting out and you're testing out that idea, you don't need a fully bespoke site that's, you know, incredibly time consuming to build and all the rest of it. But you also, by the same ticket, need to understand that there are those key points in your business where it becomes time to invest in the next level of functionality to help you take that next step. And you have to upgrade as you go. And and actually making the decision of when to, to upgrade to the next platform is, I think, one of the most difficult decisions an e-commerce business can make. But you mentioned there about widgets and plugins. Are there any key widgets and plugins you've got you're using at the moment or are on your shopping list with the new, the new site? Well, um, with regard to widgets, I mean, I've always clarified that my area of expertise is, is in branding and brand positioning and, and, and coming up with the ideas. Uh, and so I'm not a techie, but I do know and prepared for this discussion to make sure I did know what we were going to be using or what we are using. And I uh, use a marketing agency called Araminta Marketing and Minty, who runs it, she uses Hootsuite. Oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a big lover of Hootsuite, I have, I have to say. And um, you mentioned there you've got a great marketing agency on team. So who, because you're, you're kind of a model of outsourcing, aren't you? You've got as you at the centre with these experts around you. So who's, who's on your team? How many are you working Every, with? Everything, Clay. Everything <laughs> outsourced. Um, but, they, you know, they're a natural extension of the business. And I, I, I met a lot of people before I decided who to work with. And, and I think this is a quite relevant uh, to say that the great thing about working for yourself is you really can choose who to work with. And, you know, you need a dynamic where you like the people who you meet, uh, because if you're going to talk with them every day, uh, or most days anyway, then you've got to get on. And that's not necessarily a privilege. People get in nine to five jobs with big businesses. You work with who you're told to. Uh, so, yes, I've got a great team. Um, who are working with me and the, the techies uh, who are working on the platform move from OpenCart to Magento, my future cloud, have been incredibly helpful, saying in easy language to me rather than in techie language how they're going to go about the business of ensuring that we catch more people uh, through Google or uh, yeah. through some of the widgets that they're using. So, for example, I wouldn't have even known of Ametria, which uh, is a customer lifestyle data um, site. So they'll be able to track how people buy and what they buy and 
and how much they spend and if they're leaving and so um, just a quick word to everyone who's listening. I will be putting links to all these great tools and systems that James is mentioning in the show notes, which you'll be able to get at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash pajama. Um, and so on your team, James, we've got the techies, my future cloud, who are doing the migration. We're yeah. using we've got our marketing agency. Who else have you? I assume you've got outsourced warehousing and call center. No, I don't. And um, that has. So at the moment, that's been a choice. I happen to have the availability of three storerooms in London, which is not, they're not really warehouse. Uh, they're not really a warehouse, but they are available close to where I live. You know, you look at all the options. A warehouse is, it's an expensive process. Uh, and so I really looked at what the costs were going to be. And to clarify, I think, you know, the three storerooms that I'm using, I'm managing to get for £3,000 a year. Wow. <laughs> so that, that's why that decision was made. Um, but, you know, you can get an awful lot of pyjamas into three storerooms. They're that- about, you know, they're all about 15 by 12. Uh, but they, one of the, that question is a very interesting one uh, in terms of the outsourcing stroke fulfillment agency uh, decision. Uh, I may changed my mind on this but it's always been on my mind that as we expand i will continue and try to employ people to uh send out product to do all the warehousing all the stock checking uh locally as opposed to send it out to a a warehouse in milton Keynes. it enables me to uh, both be an employer in the area but it also i hope will enable me to keep an eye on how my brand is represented, how it goes out to the customers. Yeah, it's it's one of those those difficult things to work out. You know, I think the world of outsourcing and deciding what to outsource and what to keep in in internal is both a decision about what resources have you got at your disposal. And if you've got three storerooms for 3,000 a year, yeah, it's not a big pain point that you need to outsource that. Then you've also got the what's the impact on my business? What's the impact on my brand, my values, the culture? And and if one of those is the brand and the customer service and those elements, quite often it can actually be the case that actually we it's going to be a big leap of faith for us to outsource that. So we're, so for the time being, we're going to keep it longer than we might otherwise do because we want to make sure we've got control over that. We're not dropping that ball whilst we sort out some other things. Um, I think it's it's a really, really interesting to hear you, you know, you, your debate about that coming ac- coming across. So you've done an awful lot of outsourcing and you talked about choosing who you outsource to and finding the right people and that being one of the great things about being your own boss. So have you got a couple of quick tips for anyone who's planning on finding their next outsource partner? What are the key bits that for you are the make or breaks of any of those relationships? Well, the first thing is quite often people think that because you work in e-commerce, you can win business from people either via Skype or on the telephone and you never have to meet. Maybe I'm old school, but I like to see the look in somebody's eyes when you ask them a question and how they behave and how they answer your questions and how they take you through what they're going to do. And so I I still firmly believe that you will get the best result if you meet people. I don't mean you have to meet them through 
the year. I don't mean lots of meetings because I'm in agreement with a lot of writers that meetings can be a waste of time. But I do believe that you need to start out by knowing who you're taking on. So as well as meeting with them, are there any other key things you do during that process that you're looking for? Well, I have to say I got re- I listen to referees, uh, people yeah. who have met with them before, and I think recommendation will always go a long way, uh, on which note um, my future cloud will be making sure that we use Trustpilot as yet another widget because this element of trust from the customer's point of view is becoming more and more relevant. Oh, it's such a huge point, trust these days. And and not trust as in, you know, bandying around that, that keyword, but trust as in actually uh, not opaque. <laughs> I always want to say the word opaque when I mean the word transparent, um, yeah, which I... is terrible because they're exactly the opposite things. But that transparency of this is us, these are real customer reviews, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to service you. This is our brand. See behind the scenes of our photo shoots. See our product on video. We're giving you the information. We're giving you the ability to trust us because we're giving you so much, so much, so much going on. So we... I think that's, Chloe, I think that's even more relevant for me. The pyjama store sells pyjamas from £15 up to £350 a pair. I mean, it goes across the board. If you can, you know, you can pick up a pair of pyjamas for £15 from M&S, why would you shop at the pyjama store? Uh, and, and the reason that you would is because the variety that we offer are from all over the world. And you, we have to deal with issues like duty and costs from Australia. And we've got 3J from New York City. And we've got Bedhead from Los Angeles. And all of these costs build up so that our price point is not our, our main selling point as a business. We have to illustrate to customers that they should come to us because they can trust the product is good and that it needs to be the price it is because it comes from all over the world. We've taken time to make sure that the places that these products have been manufactured and where the cotton or silk has come from um, have been uh, sourced from places which are ethically uh, and, and morally okay. It's kind of stress-free buying, isn't it? If they're coming to the pyjama store to buy their pyjamas, then they can trust they're doing the right thing. They're going to get what they want. There's not going to be those, you know, they're not going to be accidentally sat at the dinner table in a week's time and discover the pyjamas they bought aren't ethically made. They have that trust in your brand, in everything you do. And I think I think that's fantastic. And it's a really, you, you can tell as you talk about the business, how important the brand and brand in its fullest sense, not as in the logo, is is to you and everything you bring along. So bearing all that in mind, what right now is the most awesome thing in your mind about the pyjama store? Oh, it's got to be how much fun it is. <laughs> so, uh, there are lots of e-commerce businesses that you could create, which I'm sure will do very well. But, you know, I have fun going to photo shoots and meeting people and, 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 and talking to my agencies. It's, it is an awesome sector to be in. And the number of opportunities that, that a brand like the Pajama Store has for anything from you know, pyjama pillow fights uh, and to pyjama parties in the future 
it's really exciting. I think I can make a site which is going to be fun for people to visit. And I think that's becoming more and more relevant. People do go, you know, and buy what they need from, from Amazon uh, quite regularly, of course, but it's not necessarily fun. It's a process. And I'm trying to create a little bit of an experience as well. Excellent. I, I cannot wait to see those videos when they come up on the site and the way in which you bring that to life with the new site as well. So what's on your radar, your to-do list right now? Well, it's all to do with the, the, uh, the migration, really, which is probably the least enjoyable part because there's a lot of work going to be done by my future cloud at, uh, and Aramid's marketing over the next four months. That's how long it will take to get everything absolutely right I've heard people who've taken a year to do this. So I think trying to do it in four months is probably reasonable. Yeah, I would say given, you know, you've got a very clear idea of what you want and the direction at the at the highest level, that's the most important thing. I think where often where sites take a long time is because the vision changes, but your vision is clearly very direct. You know where you want to go. So I would have thought four months sounds like a good time, time span to me. Yeah, and I think more importantly, um, the team that I've got working with me also understand that vision and are really good at extending my vision with other ideas. And, you know, there are many things that I haven't necessarily talked about today, which we're going to do because I'm not quite ready to share. Oh, you've got to keep something back, haven't you? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so... Um, yeah, there's there's a lot uh, of exciting things going on for us at the moment. And, and also, uh, I'm in the process of taking on uh, two new brands. One, a very beautiful women's brand called Aseno, which uh, has a lot of beautiful silk products. And we're also taking on the Canadian children's brand, Hatley, uh, which is um, an excellent kids' brand. So that's all going on, plus... One of the things that I've always wanted to do, I am in the process of doing, and we're going to be manufacturing our own stuff too. Oh, wow. Very cool. I, I, I know a few businesses who've you know, specialised in a product type or specialised in a certain area. And it does. I was wondering when, at what point you were going to be reaching the point where you decided that actually nothing's quite the perfect pyjama and it's time to design your own. So that's yeah. awesome to hear you heading down that route. Well, Very you know, exciting. that's actually the original vision when I started, ah. well, the reason I didn't jump straight into that, although I actually have the designs ready for when I, want to, when I wanted to launch that, was that I felt I needed to know the industry. And I hope it will make other people feel better that, you know, I got into this business with no e-commerce experience and no retail experience and just a, a, a leap of faith. <laughs> Well, on that note, I think it must be time for our top tips round. And I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. James, are you ready for these quick fire top tips? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So your book top tip, first of all, if everybody listening to today's podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business that little bit better, which book would you recommend? Well, of course, e-commerce master plan. <laughs> how many people will say that? You know, I, I, you know, in fairness, Clay, that's how I got to know you in the first place. It was a good read and it helped me, particularly at the beginning, and it gave me a certain level of confidence 
that things that I was coming across were common issues as opposed to just me. So I am going to mention you, but I'm also going to mention uh, It's Not How Good You Are, It's How You Want To Be by Paul Arden, uh, who was an ad man. And the reason I'm mentioning this book is obviously, as I said, you know, I, branding is the area that, that I know best. But for a traditional business, this book just gives tidbits and sound advice, which is invaluable. Plus, it's short, it's concise, it's easy to read. And it, it gives anybody who has any creative bent food for thought. It's lateral thinking at its very best. It reminds you of basics like don't promise what you can't deliver. And it even says, which is probably appropriate to today, give away everything you know and more will come back to you. And I think all of these, these, uh, these tips he gives, you put, the, you put the book down and you feel energised. And what more can you ask for from a book? I'm still slightly in shock that you've recommended me. Um, <laughs> and, and I think I'm going to have to think of some kind of prize to send you for being the first podcast guest to recommend my book. I think there should be a surprise prize. There may, there may well be a bottle of something on its way to you um, shortly after this one. Because uh, I, I do prefer to bribe after the event than before. That way I can feel like feel it's, it's the trust has been earned <laughs> and then you get the reward. Um, so moving on from the, from the book, piece uh, your traffic top tip which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves every statistic you read tells you that email marketing still works better than social media so you have to keep investing in emailing it, it is tricky it's a, I think this is a difficult a, a difficult question to answer because it is the golden goose that's what we all want to know. What do we need to do to get more sales and get more conversions? So probably I think what, what I'm really saying is something that we all struggle with but we have to do is encourage people to join our mailing lists and hear what we've got to say and so that we can email them and keep in contact with them on a very real basis. I think social media is fantastic for building the brand but I, it doesn't necessarily make sales as you know the 8 million uh, Lamborghini Facebook likers will be proof of. <laughs> cool. And uh, moving on then to your tool top tip. This might be a team collaboration tool, social media plugin, timesheeting tool, phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little widget you use that makes you and your team more efficient day to day? Yeah, the mobile phone. Ah, okay. Which element of the mobile phone? Talking. Sometimes you just want to use something that you know will work and that doesn't require you logging in and you can go on the move. And I do like Skype, particularly for people abroad. Cool. It's, I, I love the fact that the, t the tool top tip is the question I ask in this podcast that never goes where I think it's going to go. Um, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the one that always, always amazes me, the different things people say, because, you know, all people's recommendations are really sensible. Uh, and the phone is a very powerful tool. So it's nice to hear that we've not all disappeared off into uh, the technological black hole. We're still doing some of those practical 20th century tools. An e-commerce business, maybe being made easier, widgets and uh, tech, but you still got to follow a lot of basic rules of running a business. And I'm quite happy to share with you 
one of the largest mistakes I made when I set up. I bought too much stock at the beginning. It's very easy to do. You're full of enthusiasm. You're excited to get your site up. You find products you like, and you believe everybody's going to buy them. To an extent, you really have to be careful about what you buy, and you buy in accordance with the momentum of your business because you can end up spending too much money on stock before you've got an audience to purchase it. And I'm taking it that that would be your startup top tip for anyone who's thinking of starting a business. So by, my by... startup top tip would be back to traditional business and yeah. it would get an accountant. <laughs> yes, I think I, I do find it quite interesting how, how many people I speak to in the world of e-commerce who are thinking of getting into e-commerce, you've kind of forgotten the fact it's a business. So I love the fact you're giving us some really practical tips there. So buy stock in accordance with the momentum of the business and get yourself an accountant to look after the figures for you. Critical Absolutely. tips. My old man gave me that advice and he, his reasoning was, if you don't get an accountant at the start, when you're in a muddle in nine months' time, they'll charge you three times as much to get you out of the muddle. <laughs> so uh, That makes uh, good sense. So Masterplan World, you can find the top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by going to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash pyjamas or going to the website and searching for James Riggs or Pajama Store. Uh, one final top tips question for you, James. If your business didn't exist, which e-commerce business would you like to be running? Well, I admire Not On The High Street. You know, at the time, the concept of Not On The High Street was new. Um, but it's not so much just the concept. It's been their follow-up. Um, it's been awesome. I mean, they always keep designing fresh, fresh new ideas, and they make the usability and the navigability of the site so easy. And you compare it with that huge monster Amazon, and not on the high street is so beautiful. Yeah, and, and considering the number of products they, they've got, it's quite amazing how pretty the site remains. Yeah. Um, so, James, what a fascinating chat. It's been a pleasure to spend time with you today to discovering how you're driving your online-only e-commerce business. Before we say goodbye, would you like to remind listeners of where they can find you and your business on the web and social media? Yeah, at thepajamastore.com uh, on Twitter and www.thepajamastore.com and we're on Facebook, just in the pyjama store. Excellent. Thank you very much. And I'll add those links to all of that and everything else we talked about today in the show notes. Masterplan World, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash pajamas, or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. We've got Instagram too, Chloe, <laughs> that we talked about will be going up fairly shortly. Excellent. By the time this podcast is on, they should be up. Cool. Excellent. Uh, so, James, thank you for being on e-commerce masterplan podcast today and for being so generous sharing your experience with us. Oh, thank you for your time, Clay. Cool. Now, as one of your subscribe, one of our subscribers, even if you're enjoying the e-commerce masterplan podcast, please do share it with your e-commerce friends, Twitter, Facebook, over a coffee or a pint. We don't mind. But please do let, let others know about the great content we're putting out there. Have a great week, everyone, and I'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.